Welcome in, everybody. Important Nonsense Friday edition. Back after being on assignment at my desk at work. <laughs> at the lovely corporate compound. Finally back to do what we do best here at Important Nonsense. Get you ready to set your lineups for week nine. Joined, as always, by Mr. Jason, that FF nerd, Draven. Jason, how you doing? All good, man. I'm glad to hear that you're back. Desk didn't keep you chained there too long, so... I'm back. I escaped. I escaped. I made it out. Also joined by Mr. Jack Cavanaugh. Jack, how's it doing? How we doing? Uh, Pretty good, you know, just trying to survive the buys. Uh, Not affected at all by uh, all the great (laughs) players out, but uh, I know Jason's doing great because the Bengals are on buy, so that's a win for him. (laughs) Woo! We don't have to talk about Joe Mixon. That's right. We're going to have to do... We don't? Back to the well. Back to the well. Yep. You actually had to write Trust or Must, the running back segment this week. You can't just copy and paste Joe Mixon like you've done every other week. Yes. Yes, you do. So, yep. I've escaped. I'm back. I'm happy. I'm excited. Let's take it around the league. But first, before we get into this weekend, we got to go look back at Thursday night. We got to go back. And I know you guys want to talk about the man, the myth, the legend. Jimmy GQ. What do we think, guys? I, don't know, I think we should ask Aaron Andrews. <laughs> I think we know what Aaron Andrews thinks. <laughs> she only got a little right on that question, right? I think that's been established. <laughs> only a little, got you, baby. Only a little red. <laughs> I think everyone out there can agree that Jimmy Garoppolo looks good. He looked good on Thursday. He looks good all the time. But yeah, really looks good in that offense. He looks like he's starting to finally figure out Shanahan's offense. So. If he can take the next steps and keep elevating this team rather than having the team elevate him, this is going to be a scary 49ers team. How much of it do you feel is the addition of one Emmanuel Sanders? A lot. I think having that actual wide receiver one really helps him. Like The fact that they were connecting so quickly and Sanders was getting into the spots and knowing where he should be, it I think it just helped Jimmy G a whole lot and makes the offense look so much better. It just makes the entire offense better. Like each George Kittle still is still the focal point of that passing game. He's still effectively the wide receiver one, even though he's a tight end. But Emmanuel Sanders, that means he's a wide receiver too, and that's a great wide receiver two for any team. And then Dante Pettis and Debo Samuel has become the three, three and four there. So yeah, Emmanuel Sanders coming to the 49ers really helped the team out. Who knew that Joe Flacco was uh capable of holding receivers back? <laughs> Joe Flacco now on IR. We'll get we got a whole segment about it. Uh, but I agree with that. It does not suck to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Even if uh, he was bad at football, it wouldn't suck to be <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so yeah. Um, as far as him moving forward, I'd say, yeah, he's probably now kind of working his way into the back end of that QB two type of area. So he's effectively on the streamer radar at that point. So that's good. It's an improvement over where he was before. And I agree with you. I think a lot of that is down to Michael Sanders because you've, you've, you add a real legitimate passing threat to this and, you, you take a lot of the pressure off your Debo Samuels and uh, and everybody else that's there who's kind of, you know, they're not yeah. uh, fully developed players. You know what they I mean? They didn't even have Goodwin out there, and he could really no. help stretch it. And Oh, man, that would have been a huge mess. Exactly. So they, they don't have a whole lot in the way of experience. They've got a lot of younger guys and, and that type of thing. So I think Sanders really makes a huge difference. So we have to remember, too, that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he tore his ACL last season, so he's still coming back from that, too, right? So he's still building back and regaining his confidence, figuring out how to play football again after kind of sitting on the couch for a while. So could be big things from him. That's a good point. He only played four games last year before that happened, too. So he's really only played, what is that, 12 games in two years, something like that. So that's uh, it's not a lot of football games. So that's a good point. Well, and he looked really good in that pocket, too. I mean, he was standing in there and was able to find receivers or step up when needed and kind of move around as... That's always been been the strongest part of his game. That's why I felt like they liked him in New England so much is because that's what Tom Brady does. Stay in the pocket, climb the ladder, and then only run out if you absolutely have to. And if you have to throw it away, you throw it away. But let let your uh, receivers get you, you know, get open and get down the field. It's it's definitely a Brady product. (laughs) Yeah, it's also a staple of Shanahan, too. So that's uh that's the other thing. But let's let's pivot over into into running back for these uh for the 49ers. So what a frustrating day for Tevin Coleman. Uh sign of things to Matt Breed also still, you know, being beat up all week. 
reasonably effective. What do we think moving forward? He's a robot. <laughs> Is that analysis? <laughs> we can go with that. I like it. No, he's a robot. Okay. So they just put more oil on any issue and he just keeps going. So Boston Dynamics then? Yeah, that's something like that. Boston Dynamics is responsible for that. Yeah, I can see that. It works out just great for him. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, still absolutely no red zone work for Matt Breida as well, as we, we've pointed out many, many times throughout this year and last year. Matt Breida, not what they're going to use in the red zone at all. So are you worried about Coleman moving forward? Because it's kind of a big drop off for him to get a five from the 40 that he put up last week. Not really worried you know he still saw a good amount of work it's just kind of happened to be the way that game went down no one really expected the cardinals defense to actually show up buddha baker was all over the field making plays so it was really just one of those games you know matt Breida and tevin coleman they're still pretty much the same guy other than the fact that coleman gets red zone work so i don't know you can still trust both of them pretty well from week to week it's just a it's a committee and you know what to expect from a committee it's not always going to pan out yeah and on that same kind of a note i mean the it's going to be based on game script. I mean, if they're going to take away the run game, then yeah, Coleman's probably not going to score and that's not going to be what you want to play, but Brita will have those big carries and he'll be the in, in between the twenties runner, you know? And so it's just one of those things that you kind of have to be prepared for. If it's a good run defense, you might want to not play Coleman for that reason. That's fair. And then obviously, you know, Tough to do anything with that because he's just coming off the 40, so it's going to be tough to try and acquire Coleman even with the bad game last week because, again, the week prior he had a 40. So <laughs> it's going to be a little tricky to acquire him. I, I would be I would be fine with if I didn't have to pay full price, if that makes sense. Not really interested in acquiring Bree. But if I could get Tevin Coleman for the stretch run that we're going into here uh, and I don't have to pay retail, I'd be interested in that. What do you guys think about that? Absolutely. Uh, pretty much exactly what you said. Tevin Coleman's definitely the choice option there. They're going to see the ma- same amount of carries roughly every week. So you go with the guy that might score a touchdown, right? Well, speaking of the guy that might score a touchdown, just to wrap up the 49ers, George Kittle. Going um, back to I, robot? Robot? Yeah. Robot? Okay. Yeah, I kind of figured. Definitely robot. a robot. Robot? Okay. Adamantium in his bones. <laughs> Wolverine. Let's go with Wolverine. Wolverine, That's a much better one. Wolverine. Okay. Yeah. Wolverine. George Kittle had his knee caved in by a helmet, and then he just goes off, comes back in about three minutes later, scores a touchdown, stiff arm. Like what? (laughs) Yelling at Buddha from the sideline. I'm still here. It was one of the most Uh, unbelievable things where he got up and then started jogging over, and just kind of jogged up and down the sideline for a little while, grabbed his helmet, and just ran back into the game. I'm still here, Buddha. Unbelievable. I'm still here. The man is a tank. So he apparently avoided, according to the results of the additional medical testing he went through today, he avoided serious damage. So oh, you don't say. So apparently he will be fine. This speaks to what we were talking about in the pre-show meeting, that it's either a robotics or my theory that Shanahan possesses some sort of tiny elves that heal injuries that he inherited from his father. It's very possible because look at Matt Breida just over a two year sample. I don't know how he keeps getting back up, but he does. It's unbelievable. So no, there's no analysis to George Kittle. That's the fun thing about it. It's just the man's a robot. He avoided serious damage and keep starting him because he's a top three tight end and tight end is horrible. Let's talk Cardinals. Let's talk Cardinals. I know it's painful, but let's, we got to, we got to power through. Uh, Kyler, I don't know. I was expecting nothing from him in this game, so maybe my expectations were super low. But he actually eclipsed the 20 mark in standard and had a decent day. He's propped up by the Andy Isabella 88-yard touchdown. But he's been really struggling recently. So he's not really... I think I think it might be time to look for other options, despite this result, even with it, if that makes sense. How do you, how do, how do you guys evaluate Kyler Murray moving forward? See, I actually kind of like Kyler Murray going forward. He's one of like, it's been kind of weird that he's had this kind of lull because he almost has a floor of like 30 attempts, right? Like that's a minimum from him. He's seeing at least 30 attempts, oftentimes 45, 50 attempts in a game. So when you have that kind of floor built in and the rushing ability, 
he plays the 49ers next week. So that's another reason to be into Ky Kyler Murray. And he gets the 49ers again, and we just saw what he can do against the 49ers. So I actually kind of like Kyler Murray going forward. I think he might be building on something, and it could be something special. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is also learning that offense and going into uh, Shanahan system and trying to figure it out. And it's one of those learning things. Unfortunately, it is a run first. Sorry, I did that again, didn't I? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's the coach is the coaching version of Jimmy Garoppolo. It's perfectly fine, <laughs> but it's just one of those things that it takes some time. It's going to be faster pace. It's going to be running back first. You can, you clearly saw with Kenny Drake who. I was not expecting that either, but no, yeah, fresh no legs, clearly. No one was. Yeah, that's what happens when you get a couple weeks off. The Cardinals kind of showed, right? The Cardinals, <laughs> Cardinals kind of showed, uh, and I guess the Panthers kind of started this. They didn't have as much success, but they showed you can really run the ball on the 49ers with the spread and them and shred them, uh, spread everyone out, make them defend the whole field, and just run the ball. So it uh, didn't pan out for the uh, Panthers, but the Cardinals were able to copy that a little bit and have a bit of success. So they might be able to carry that going into their second game, which uh, they got a couple weeks off before they have to play them again. So I, yeah, I'm excited about the Cardinals, especially if they get Andy and Isabella involved. <laughs> well, that's, let's talk about their wide receivers because we talked about Kenyon Drake, David Johnson will be back next week. Uh, so Kenyon Drake's um, fantasy shelf life, unfortunately is pretty shallow. So we'll see if, if uh, Chase Edmonds and David Johnson, if they can't take the field, then obviously Kenyon Drake becomes a viable option moving forward. But if both of them are playing, even if David Johnson is just playing, do you have any interest in Kenyon Drake, anyone? Bueller? I mean, maybe as a flex, because even when Johnson was kind of back, they were working Edmonds in. So maybe it's Drake starts to be worked in to help relieve some of the pressure that's on an injured David Johnson or a recovering David Johnson kind of a system to help relax and take some of that workload off of him. That's fair. So maybe you could make that argument, but that's really kind of what it did. So his, like his window, his window was very short. So everything, but, everything inside of me wants to say no, but then you have to remember the buys. So yeah, that's the other side of it too. So that's a good point. The buys may, especially next week with by apocalypse 2019, where uh, yep. everybody's on by next week. Good luck trying to write the waiver column. Woo! Be a nightmare. Next week's going to be rough. But yeah, Kenyon Drake, I mean, obviously, if you've been holding on to him, you're probably still holding on to him. It's not, you know, if somebody wants to trade me something for Kenyon Drake, I'm taking it. <laughs> if you if you uh, if you kept Kevin Kenyon Drake for this long, you still believe in him. So yeah, clearly so we're not going to go away after not, this game. Exactly. Not a whole lot to do with it, but it's probably it's just worth pointing out. David Johnson. Johnson. David Johnson projected to be back next week. So uh, wide receiver is a total mess in Arizona, though, because, you know, you, no one knows at this point. Larry Fitzgerald has had three bad games in a row. They've looked like they've been struggling, the two of them, to get on the same page, Murray and Fitz. Uh, Christian Kirk has been hurt, and then he had a huge game, and then he laid an egg last night. He had a three for fantasy purposes. And Andy Isabella, suddenly, straight back out of the preseason on Thursday night football. They're also working in Keyshawn Johnson. No, not that Keyshawn Johnson. Rookie Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, so it, it's to me, it's just a giant mess. Is there anything you want? Because they also, by the way, if you look at the uh, strength of schedule uh, that we put out, not super great for the Cardinals. Not atrocious, but kind of, kind of, yeah, if that makes sense. Kind of in the middle. So. Yeah. Junk time, man. That's that's what's going to save this team. Is or at least for fantasy purposes, it's going to be junk time. They're just gonna. Well, let's see what we can do here. And that's what happened with Isabella. I mean, he broke that one tackle and was off to the races. I thought he looked incredibly fast. I don't understand how Isabella hasn't been playing this season. Like Keyshawn Johnson <laughs> runs a four six, and Isabella runs a four three one, and you're just gonna have that guy sitting on the bench doing nothing when. You've got Demir Bird out there. You've got Trent Sherfield out there. Would you also watch Keyshawn make a ton of boneheaded route running mistakes this year? Drops. Just a ton of them. He's not he's good. Not, not show if he is, he's certainly not showing it right now. So I'm, I'm hopeful that Andy Isabella could get more play time, but you know, in fantasy, we always caution against counting on 88 yard touchdowns to try and bail you out. So for me, it's kind of just, 
it's kind of just a mess at the moment. I don't think there's anybody that you really want to be counting on at the wide receiver position. It's I'm very frustrating. Still a Christian Kirk guy. He did lead the team in targets with five. He only had eight yards, but they are playing the Bucks, And so if it's going to happen, this is uh, the time it's going to happen. So I'm still in on Christian Kirk. Everyone else is kind of bleh for me, but I'm going to ride with Kirk for the at least the next little while still. Not starting him, but I still believe in him. No right, PPR, got, I can see it. And PPR with the buys is why I think Christian Kirk ends up staying rostered. Everybody else, I think, though, if you get anything out of your team, like if I could trade any of the Cardinals that I have for anything that would resemble face value, I would be inclined to do so. Do not really want to ride too many Cardinal wide receivers with me into the playoffs uh, at this point, given the volatility of it, because we just don't know. That's the reality of it, which is unfortunate. But they are just going to, I think they're just going to, it's the Kingsbury offense. I think they're just going to spread it around and spread it around and spread it around, except for the running back. I think we would all agree that that the running back and then Kyler Murray, because of how weird quarterback is, those are probably the two most usable uh, Cardinals for the rest of the year. No arguments there. Well, then let's do the news. Let's get into the news here. Breaking the big news of the day. JJ working out for the Lions. <laughs> Welcome back, Jay. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. Dolly. <laughs> well, Welcome back. Uh, see, we don't need a drop board. We just have Jack do it. <clears throat> oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> That's perfect. So, yeah. JJ, I noticed he didn't leave with a contract. Uh, Truck Carson is basically questionable uh, for this Sunday's game. I don't view anybody playing running back for the Lions at this point is like a real fantasy option that I want to play. Do you want to play Ty Johnson? That's the closest thing to it, but I'm not really interested in it. Well, Traza, yeah. I mean, he could be a decent flex. So at least this week. Too. Against the Raiders, maybe. That's that's really it. That's See, kind of here's, here's the thing. It's, Paul Perkins is still there. Like, it's just not If great. you're stuck, I get it, but I really hope you made better choices up until this point yeah, so that you aren't forced I, to rely on Ty Johnson. Yeah, I don't want to play a Ty Johnson if I can avoid it. It sounds like the nerd, though, may actually be okay with it. Yeah, man, I just think that he's going to get it just because of touches. I mean, he led the backfield in touches. He was out on the most snaps. It's fine. I mean, it's just one of those things you have to be patient on. He'll be a decent flex. He'll be fine. Okay. Take two to one on that. Two to one <laughs> on that. The nerd, the nerd is on an I, island there. I do believe the breakout is coming, and it's he's just not a guy I'm going to play. I'm going to wait until it starts to happen rather than <laughs> relying on it. Right. Definitely like having okay, him on my, well, on my bench, though. Sure. Especially with the buys, like you were saying. The buys is what makes a lot of this relevant. Once we get past the buys, we'll, we'll reassess. What happens if J.H. Ali joins the Lions if he does end up signing? What do you guys think happens there? I think it's even more of a mess because Paul Perkins is still there. Who gets cut? Do they cut anybody or are they just going to spread it around and uh, do they, hot they hand? They cut Perkins. One would think, but we'll we'll see. Like it's it's a The only role that's safe is C.J. Prozice. Is he's going to be that. Or not C.J. Prozice. J.C. J.D. McKissick. They're the same well, guy. The, yeah, well, it's because they both played for Seattle. For those of us who are new to fantasy football, this is why this gets confusing. <laughs> We're on the Seattle Seahawks at the same time doing the same job. Uh, so, yeah, that's <sighs> there's not a whole lot more to unpack to it than that, unfortunately. I, I'm not a huge fan of it even without JJ. If I think they get JJ, I think the thing just becomes this giant mess, even if they cut Perkins. So <clears throat> I'm really just trying to avoid it and, at this point until somebody emerges. Um, but frankly, let's not waste the, the, the listener's time any more on that than the Lions backfield because we have the actual real piece of news here. Josh Gordon did not clear waivers. He was picked up by the Seattle Seahawks. And if you listen closely, you just open your window, you can hear that wail on the wind, and that's everybody who has Tyler Lockett. <laughs> no. Uh, it doesn't really hurt Lockett that much, though. I mean, like, look at what Julian Edelman did. Sharing, the, I guess, like Gordon was banged up for a little bit of that, but Julian Edelman still just commanded a monster target load. Like, there's nothing to say that Josh Gordon needs to be fed targets right now. Well, there's a big difference in the amount of passes that the Patriots throw than what the Seahawks throw. I think is the first thing that I would say to that. There's a big true. difference. Very, very true. But is there any reason to think that Josh Gordon suddenly demands a high target load? 
Well, no. But then I want to defer to Jason because apparently the internet, since Jason is our resident start sit expert, apparently the internet came banging down your door today is what I was led to believe about this topic. So I wanted to spend some time on it because frankly, I don't think it does a whole lot uh, for anything. I think basically it tanks out David Moore and it tanks out uh, uh, Jerron Brown. Jerron Brown. Thank you. I always want to call him John Brown. Jerron Brown. The worst. Uh, the two of them get tanked out basically. And you just have these three guys and that's pretty much going to be it. I think they're probably good for, I mean, Tyler Lockett only gets about 6.8 targets a game anyway. So let's call it, we'll just call it six. DK gets four to five and uh, the other four to five go to, <laughs> go to Josh Gordon at this point. And that's it. It just solidifies it. That's kind of the way I see this. So, but I know people were asking you <clears throat> what you think. What do you, do you, are you, are you interested in rostering? Not until uh, I see Josh something, Gordon? man. I, I can't do it. I don't, that they don't throw enough. They're a run-first offense. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Lockett is going to be efficient as always. I just don't know if Gordon can be that efficient. And I still think that DK is going to be the red zone target. So you're just hoping that he breaks one off and scores a touchdown. You're basically DK Metcalf and Josh Gordon are going to be pretty much playing the same position outside. Tyler Lockett's going to be in the slot running around. So... I don't really know. I don't think it tanks Tyler Lockett at all. It probably has a little bit of an effect on DK Metcalf, but overall, I think Josh Gordon is pretty irrelevant in uh, terms of fantasy. It makes the team a lot better, but in terms of fantasy, not moving the needle too much for me. Okay, so the three of us can agree on one thing at least, which is however you want to divvy up the target share, there's not enough to support three of them, and Josh Gordon is the odd man out, so we're probably just going to ignore that on the waiver wire and let somebody else go ahead. And Especially with uh, Luke Wilson. Steve's man's nonsense. Steve's man's. How about what about your man's? <laughs> oh boy, that has not been going well at all for him. Oh. Yeah, DK is the one taking up those targets. That's why. Yeah, DK is actually like you know he looks so stiff the way he just catches those touchdowns. <laughs> I like how on CBS even they had to point out that last week he had a one yard touchdown and a two yard touchdown. They had they had two touchdowns and they actually put the yardages there and I'm like that's awesome. They don't do that for everybody that got two touchdowns, but because that's so wonky, they're like, yeah, sure, put it on there. A little fun fact. That's, But yeah, I'm fine with DK. I'm fine with Lockett. I'm not really interested in Gordon. It sounds like we all more or less agree on it, although we probably disagree slightly on how the target distribution will shake out. But end result is the same. So with that, let's pivot into QB tight end news here. So always good to keep in mind the buys we've been mentioning this week. You've got the Falcons on the buy. So we mentioned previously, you've got the Bengals on the buy. Uh, the Rams, <laughs> the Rams, and the Saints are also there to round out the list. Uh, so a lot of big names uh, not going to be taking the field this week. And All your wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, a lot of wide receivers are going to be not playing. So, what um, you guys w- were interested in Julio and Michael Thomas and uh, all those guys? <laughs> Tyler Boyd. <laughs> Oh boy! Autumn Tate. Oh, oh boy! Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Josh Reynolds. <laughs> Ted Ginn. Calvin Quan- Ridley. Traquan Tra- Smith does get an extra week to get healthy, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Is he gonna learn how to catch? Josh Hill. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tight end is that bad? All right, <laughs> we're joking, but tight end really is that bad. That's how bad that is. It's not even a joke anymore. <laughs> oh, all right. Most relevant quarterback news of the week. Patrick Mahomes is also a robot. And after having his kneecap dislocated two weeks ago, is limited in practice and might actually play. I don't even know where to begin with that. The man is a medical miracle. That is insane. He's not. He, that's that's just completely ridiculous. That is. If he plays, are you playing Mahomes? I feel like you have to. I'm not. Oh, oh, the dissenting opinion. Oh, the dissenting I, opinion. I don't. You can't do first, it, man. First that of injury all, is something you don't want to touch. Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think you have another choice. I don't think you have another choice if he's playing. Is my point. If you've already invested in him, 
I really don't think he plays. Uh, if you watch the videos from him in practice, like he's running, but it is labored. It looks painful. <laughs> sure, I was like, you miss a heavy air quotes uh, there when he said sure running. Running, well, yeah. If you want, if you want to pay for the live stream, then uh, you can see me do the air quotes. But <laughs> yeah, well, we're not cutting you in on that. We're not cutting you in on that, probably. Yeah. Not uh, happening. Uh, pay you? No. <laughs> no, pay, no. If, if, the if the audience wants to pay for the live stream, they can see the uh, airports. Oh man. Well. Yeah. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not trusting Mahomes this week. I think he's out, and he does right, not well, look like he's supposed to come. He back. should, by all rights, be out. So let's let's hope for sanity purposes that he is, so we don't have to spend all Sunday morning answering this question night times because i can see jason having the fortunate son is playing in jason's head right now he's immediately having flashbacks to, to having to answer that question 900 times sunday morning yeah not happening <laughs> not gonna do it i'm just going to put a post out and say no it ain't me it ain't me i ain't no fortunate son. uh then finally cameron Brait may not be playing in this game oj howard out so Brait was an interesting streamer um, we'll see. It's a rib injury, so it really is going to be a game time decision. We'll see if he's able to get through warmups. I would be looking to have other arrangements potentially. But yeah, if OJ Howard wasn't playing, Brate's a interesting streamer type of thing. But in terms of people that we already know have been ruled out, Cam Newton, who's now going to see a specialist about why his foot isn't getting any better. So that's always a bonus. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was can, my worry too. Yep. Well, oh, I was just calling it list. I was calling it list Frank from the day it happened, and it's looking more and more like that's unfortunately the case. That's what it, it was kind of reported as too. Was it was a list Frank, but it, he was going to opt for it to heal by itself rather than surgery. So I mean, did well, that I mean, ever did that ever make sense? Did that ever work ever in the history of that injury? I've never seen anybody be able to yeah. fix that with surgery. Like so, yeah. No amount of Dan and yogurt. No amount of Dan and yogurt is going to make that heal faster. So, uh, no. Cam Newton. I would. I'm. I'm getting closer and closer to just being ready to just pre preemptively done for the year. That's where I'm at with that. Uh, speaking of more or less done for the year, we mentioned it roughly before. Joe Flacco to the IR. Your new starter for your Denver Broncos, Brandon Allen. And let me tell you, all my neighbors and friends out here, great Denver area, could not be more excited. <laughs> And absolutely have no questions at all about why Drew Locke is playing and why Drew Locke isn't the backup and why they haven't cleared Drew Locke to practice despite the fact that he was medically cleared or medically cleared. No, no one has any questions about any of that at all. And as I've mentioned before, if you ever want to see what not having a plan looks like, just follow the Denver Broncos football organization because that is exactly what not having a plan 100% looks like. So, <clears throat> briefly, for me, for the Broncos, this news, we can get into fake injury, real injury, if we if you want. I don't think it's really relevant for our purposes. I think this makes the running backs a little bit more attractive, and it tanks out just about everybody else. But I know that other people may feel differently about one specific player. So I just wanted to check in on Fant. Fant Truthers in the audience here today? Yeah, man. I think that he's going to get a big bounce up. I mean, they got rid of Sanders. I'm worried that they're going to cover Sutton, and so he's going to be right there to help save uh, Brandon's butt. <laughs> he's going to have the chance to do that, but will he is the question. Will he be able to catch a football? That is that is the question. Does Noah Fant have ball skills? Can remaining to the talent is there. Yes, Can the ability he? to run the routes faster than the linebackers. Question: I watch him do it every Sunday. Oh, he's open. Oh, he's open. I promise. Ooh, you you try covering that boy on a seam. Yeah, good Ooh, luck. Oh, as, a linebacker, as a linebacker, you're, you've got no chance. That's why he's so. That's why he's so heavily coveted by that organization. But can he catch a football? The world may never know. Is he Eric Ebron? <laughs> the worst. Uh... <laughs> he had one spectacular catch. Okay. Uh... It definitely does yep. help Fant uh, opportunity-wise, so he definitely does have the chance to break out now. He does. This it's, oh. it, it is absolutely, and also, but just to this point, as we will continue to keep pounding the table on, tight end is ridiculously terrible. I mean, like, ridiculously terrible. There, they, no offense, there's a real chance that that's a real starter. So that's absolutely going to happen. A few quick hitters. Case Keenum, not going to make it for this one. 
uh, Dwayne Haskins is going to uh, is going to go ahead and uh, make his first ever NFL start, and I'm not expecting much. Delaney Walker has already been ruled out. It's the John Who Smith show. Gotta love it. Yep. Chris Herndon. <laughs> Uh, Chris Herndon, probably also not going to play, still recovering his uh, Ninja Ward. Uh, so just a couple quick players to look at. Derek Carr, can he put together two good games? We'll find out yes. this weekend. I think <laughs> so, it. too, actually. I think so, too, actually. Uh, Sam Darnold. Lions at home, yes. I think so. Possibly he has to throw no, the ball. Possibly with no snacks, Harrison. Makes a huge difference for that. The heart and soul of it. Uh, Sam Darnold, can he stop seeing ghosts? I think it's an interesting choice, and given how many buys there are, that's a that's an interesting one. And uh, just a tight it's, end, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. So the, the interesting thing about just, just keep uh, that in mind. <laughs> interesting thing about Sam Darnold is you might not be seeing ghosts, but like there might be actual just corpses out on the field in the Dolphins' defense. I'm not sure if they're trying to stop anyone. <laughs> so it's gone to zombies. Yep, that is very true. They fine. are fully tanking for two, dropping dropping two point conversions to not win games. Uh. And then just quickly a tight end. Darren Fells is a good one for this week. He's clearly earning himself a tight end roster spot for considerations. Uh, Jack Doyle, uh, Andrew Luck's best friend and best man, uh, continues to have value. Uh, just, not, you know, it'd be better if there was only one of them. Uh, Johnu Smith, I absolutely love that call. Super involved with Tannehill. Uh, and they actually can move the ball with Tannehill, which is really helping. So Johnu Smith, I think he actually gets in the end zone again this week because that is literally how that offense is tight end is what they go for and then obviously Noah Fant we don't need to beat that to death anymore than we are. I absolutely love Johnu Smith this week Johnu Smith ran a 462 at 63248 which if we were going to go back to earlier in the show we remember that Keyshawn Johnson also runs a 462 <laughs> at 6 foot 1 201 pounds so Johnu Smith is a freak so very interested in Johnu Smith and not interested in Keyshawn Johnson yeah yeah I'd say that's fair I'd say both of those things are fair. Uh, running back news. James White showed up on the injury report with a toe injury. That is not good. And they have the bye next week. So I would start thinking about other options. Sony uh, season? Oh, it's, it's, Sony Michelle is doing his best to be LeGarrette Blunt. His best. I, I do not know, did not know this season in the preseason that he spent all of his offseason just watching LeGarrette Blunt highlight Patriot videos and that clip of him punching that guy at that Boise State championship game and just eating cheeseburgers because he is doing his best LeGarrette Blunt impression to try and get his 11 touchdowns on 600 rushing yards. Does that mean it's uh, is... Brandon Bolden season? No, I think it means that it's Tony Michelle season with the LeGarrette Blunt qualifier. I think he's going to have a really sad point total at the end of the year in terms of yards, but I think he's going to have so many touchdowns that it's actually really going to make a difference. That makes sense. And uh, yeah, Brandon Bolden may actually have a lot more uh, more work with Rex Burkhead also being beat up because that's the other one out there because the Patriots always have four running backs, as we know. Damian Harris might be a, not a healthy scratch for the second time ever. Right? What do you think, Jason? Is there anybody you want to try and trust at all? I mean, of those two, I can more say that I would go with Bolden just because they seem to like him in the red zone. So... The past couple of times that I've seen him get the handoff, he's been in the red zone and he's just going barrel through like a bowling ball. Do his thing. <laughs> that is what they, that is what he's always done. <laughs> that is what he always does. Uh, Aaron, jo <laughs> Aaron Jones is going to be a game time decision, but I would, le I'm leaning towards he plays. Does anybody have any pushback to me on that? I uh, think. Uh, he's probably going to play, and if he plays, you're playing him. You're not sitting uh, there that's Jones. Probably where we are with running back at this point, given how weak it is and the buys. In terms of uh, players that could be ruled out, James Conner, probably not going to play, which leads us into players to look at. Jalen Samuels, back from being hurt, and they are really featuring the running back for obvious reasons in Pittsburgh. So Jalen Samuels tops the list, and it's not a long list. Ty Johnson I'd actually have in third, but he's written second on here. And we've already talked about it. Mark Walton is the interesting one with Drake gone in Miami and Kalen Balaj basically not being good and relegated to goal line back duties. Mark Walton, I think, is interesting. It's not new information. We've been talking about that for a while. But Mark Walton, definitely somebody, if you're running back desperate, that I think is worth looking at. Anybody well, else? The reason I'm worried about him and have him third is because he's, they want to give Balaj the ball in the red zone. 
That is a problem, yes. And that is why I have him as 30, because I can see Johnson actually scoring. Walton's going to have to work a little harder to get there. The, Dolph- the Dolphins are one of the only teams in the league that actually have like a legitimate goal line running back, which is so weird because it's the Dolphins and they're never at the goal line. I know, exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's why they have one. Exactly. All right, then just to wrap it up, wide receiver, uh, Keenan Allen is off the injury report, so good news there. Yeah. Uh, Ad- Adam Thielen, not so lucky. He's going to be a game-time decision. They said check back like 90 minutes before kickoff on that. Uh, Devontae Adams, just about the exact same report, except replace hamstring with turf toe. This, I think, I think both of these guys have a legitimate shot to play this week, but I also would not be shocked if they continued to sit. Um, Curtis Samuel is dealing with a shoulder and is officially questionable. Uh, that If he doesn't play, I like DJ Moore a little bit more than normal. D.D. Westbrook with a neck injury that he sustained last week. It really wouldn't shock me if he didn't play. I'd be looking for other arrangements immediately. But he did make the flight over. He did make the flight over, but it's just to keep in mind that that is the London game. So you'll have to make your decisions very, very early in the morning. It's like 9.30 Eastern time. So just keep I will barely be answering questions at that point. Yeah, so just keep that in mind if you're going to try and play D.D., He's going to be going usually while people are still getting ready to start their day on Sunday. Uh, and then finally, Deshaun Jackson, abdominal injury. I really don't think he's going to play. They've been saying this for so long. It's kind of becoming the boy who cried wolf. So I, we'll see what happens there. Um, you can go ahead and expect to be without T.Y. Hilton for this week and probably until week 12 uh, with a hamstring injury he suffered on Wednesday in practice. Good job, Colts. Nice work there. Thanks for that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a T.Y. Hilton, you know, owner at all in several leagues. That's what they Not need salty it. at all, I can tell. Not salty at all. Uh, so here's a couple of just quick ones, too, and we'll wrap this up and we'll get into trust or bust. But just some players to look at. Chris Conley, uh, I like that one. Wide receiver's weird right now with all the buys. So, yeah, that's not, a, that's not, that's not bad. Uh, also, if you're looking at D.D. Westbrook not playing, Chris Conley. They'll go um, to him more. Very Works really well if that happens. <laughs> So yep. if, if for anyone that tuned into Chris our Con- little game on Wednesday, one of the ones that got cut from the show was uh, Chris Conley versus Juju Smith-Schuster. They actually have very comparable numbers. And Chris Conley's averaging 20.4 yards per reception this season. So if Didi's out and Conley's actually getting the go, it's he's a really attractive guy this week. Yeah, he's a solid flex in my eyes uh, if if we get the word in the morning that Didi's not playing. I'm very interested in him in that London game. I think he'll have a nice day. I think he finds the end zone at least once. Uh, Deontay Johnson, really good one here. Really seems to be fil- finding that wide receiver two role that Pittsburgh desperately needs. So he, despite all odds, seems to be the guy, not James Washington, <laughs> not, not Dante Moncrief. <laughs> like, Is no, he the wide receiver two, though? Because he actually, in Mason Rudolph's four starts, uh, Deontay Johnson has 26 targets, Juju has 25, and Mason Rudolph's four starts, uh, Juju has one less reception than De- Deontay Johnson. So with Mason Rudolph under center, are we certain that Deontay Johnson isn't the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh? It's fair. It's kind of a 1A, 1B situation at this point, more than a 1-2. They're are we going to cover him as a wide receiver one? That's the more important part of that conversation. Yeah, they cover <laughs> Juju as the one. So that's <clears throat> for fantasy purposes, I can see what you're saying. But uh, Deontay Johnson, definitely worth adding. Um, and then uh, Geronimo Allison and MVS. I disagree with these. I want no part in any of that. And I'm more interested. Frankly, Do you want part of that game? Are you joking I want, me? I, I don't. I, oh, maybe. Oh, for one week as a rental? Oh, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. For this one week as a rental. versus the Chargers, you've got to be in. For on one that. week as a rental, maybe Geronimo Allison or MVS. But these guys, how the mighty have fallen. And then finally, My- Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal with. Uh, uh, T- with no T.Y. Hilton becomes interesting. I agree with that. Zach Pascal is my guy this week. Uh, he only had one target last week, but for the four- past four weeks before this one, he was averaging 59.75 yards a game. He had four and a half targets a game, and he scored three TDs over those uh, four weeks. He's averaging 17 and a half yards of reception, and he was uh, number two on the team in routes run last week with uh, T.Y. Hilton still in the lineup. So definitely into Zach Pascal. He kind of becomes the default wide receiver one. It's not like they're going to rely on Eric Ebron. It's not like they're going to rely on uh, Jack Doyle to be the wide receiver one. He's definitely going to get the uh, get a good amount of targets. But Zach Pascal becomes the guy because Chester Rogers isn't going to take over. Uh, <laughs> he had 82 no, targets. You and I are of one mind on this. Chester yeah. Rogers is not good. 82 targets last year with Andrew Luck. Didn't break 600 yards. 
Zach Pascal is the guy here, and a sneaky guy underneath uh, Zach Pascal is actually Paris Campbell, who starting to get healthy. This was his first game back that he played last week, so if he can get the run in there with T.Y. Hilton out, who knows what could happen. Okay, any final thoughts on Geronimo Allison or MVS? Uh, I think I lean uh, Allison on this this week. If Adams is back, one of them could actually end up on the bench because Alan Lazard was number one in snaps run, or routes run last week, so... Who knows what happens there? That's why I kind of want to avoid it, frankly. Yeah, I'm not more inclined to play Pascal because I think he'll get the target share. Fantasy season is in full swing, but you can get covered with Rotoshurance for your DFS team. All you have to do is draft your team on any DFS platform out there, then head over to rotoshurance.com and fill out the daily fantasy insurance form. All they need is some basic information like your name, email, how much the contest entry fee is, and the player that you want to insure. When you're doing that, you can enter promo code NONSENSE, that's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, to get 20% off of your coverage. If your insured player gets injured in the first half and does not return for the second half of the game due to that injury, then you're covered. You get your full entry fee back to that DFS contest. So what do you have to lose? Head on over to rotoassurance.com, use promo code NONSENSE to save 20% on your plan, and remember that injuries can happen at any time, so sign up today. Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you to trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom! Players to start. That a face you can trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30! Let's pivot into trust or bust. Uh, and let's lead it off here with quarterback. So, Jason, take it away. Yeah, I mean, we I, we brought him up earlier. I like Sam Donald. He's going against Miami. It should be a safe floor for you. It's one of those ego boost kind of a game where he should be able to throw the ball. They should be able to run the ball. I'm hoping Gase decides, oh, we should use Le'Veon Bell. But, you know, it's one of those things that I could just see them throwing and try and get Donald's confidence back and head right to, before they go into – more difficult games again instead of having him come back and get his butt beat by the Patriots. You know, it's just one of those things that you need that confidence builder. And I'm hoping that this week will be the week. Well, he's going to get his butt beat by the Patriots again. I much rate that in the stone. <laughs> Chisel that in every year. From now I on. mean, who isn't going to get their butts beat by the Patriots though? It's everyone. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, we talked about it again, Derek Carr. I really like this game. I think it has huge shootout potential. And I see the Raiders being down, so he's going to have to throw. Tyrell is healthy. I mean, they have all the big players back. They should be good to go. And it's surprising me every week he looks good. I mean, he last week he looked really improved, and I'm just hoping it carries on into the, this week, and it should against the Lions. So we'll yeah, see how I mean- it goes. Lions, uh, they just traded away one of their starting safeties to the Seahawks. Uh, the other starting safety, Tracy Walker, is now out with a knee injury. And their two starting inside linebackers can't cover anyone, so really going to be open for the tight ends. Derek Carr loves throwing it short. Probably going to be a good game for him. Probably going to be a good game for most of the Raiders. Uh, I think Waller, to your point, is in for a massive day as Derek Carr just chucks it to him over and over. Well, in that case, we're for two. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think there's, I think, well, we'll see if Renfro can bust another one because he showed everybody last week why he's in the NFL. And I've seen, we've seen seen it in college for a lot too. And it's just, it doesn't matter that he seems to just be very small. (laughs) It just doesn't matter. Counting Uh, by day. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) But who are you not? Let's go into busts then. Because I agree with, I don't think anybody's going to give you any pushback on on the trust, especially given the buy situation and all that stuff. So I'm not too worried about it. Uh, in terms of who, who are you fading this week, possibly? Well, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of pushback on this one, and it's going to be Josh Allen. 
I just really think that they run the ball a lot. They're going to try and control the clock. They are looked horrible last week, so I'm just I'm really nervous that they're going to struggle and running the ball is going to be their best bet and let their defense do the work because that defense is saving them pretty much every week. The thing with Josh Allen is he's just so volatile that there's a very good chance he busts every week, and there's a smaller chance that you can trust him every week. So, yeah, I would not be surprised to see the bottom fall out for Josh Allen. It wouldn't shock me. I have him lower than normal, but I do have him at 10, so I do consider him a start. And it is, in some ways, the fact that it is Washington, and all the buys sort of push him just back into starter range for me. So... Not ready to call him a bust this week, but again, I don't have him rated in a way that that would be surprising to me, if that makes any sense. So you just, you just know what you're getting with Josh Allen. Yeah, it, there's going to be some sort of weird boneheaded interception. There's going to be a rushing floor, and there's going to be some sort of inexplicable touchdown to somebody that you're like, oh, that guy. Maybe it's Isaiah McKenzie this week. Oh, Dawson, Dawson Knox. Yeah. For Foster. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Foster is a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Never know. There's always some wonky thing going on. So I think that you're probably safe. But again, you know, in a 12-team league, he's still barely just inside a start. So uh, let's pivot into running back here. Um, In terms of in terms of running back, who who do you like this week? Well, I mean, staying in that game, I'm going to look at Frank Gore because, like I said, I think that's a running game and. He still is the lead back in that backfield. He's on for over 50% of snaps. And, I mean, I don't know why they don't want to give it to Singletary yet. I mean, granted, the injury was there. But he has a lot more talent. Gore is just going to be that guy. They're going to keep giving it to him because he puts up numbers. So I think Gore is a safe bet. And then we talked about the rookie – or not rookie, I guess. Backup quarterback in uh, Brandon coming in in Denver, and so I really like Freeman this week. Uh, Also a little iffy with uh, Lindsey's wrist injury. That has me thinking that Freeman's going to get more of the workload, and he's already been on more snaps. He averages 57% of snaps. And is he even targeted one more time? So that's kind of impressive for me. It's because they are using Royce Freeman as the pass-catching third down back role because he has proven to be a better pass catcher on aggregate philip Lindsay to them it's really weird because you don't think that they would profile that way you know what i mean if you were just looking at body types but they are using philip Lindsay as the first and second down more running back but because they're so bad and they're playing from behind <laughs> royce freeman is actually out there more i think if it was working the way they had intended it would almost be a 50 50 complete total timeshare but it's interesting because you brought up the wrist injury. And those of you who are familiar with Philip Lindsay may remember that is what sidelined at the end of last year. He broke his wrist. So if his wrist gives way, if somebody could take over that entire job in Denver, they would be, what do we think? Certainly a top 10 running back, right? Well, the thing with uh, the Denver backfield right now is Royce and Phillip have combined for 850 yards. That'd be first in the NFL for rushing yards. Six TDs on the ground, that'd be tied for fifth. Uh, combined, they have 62 targets, so that'd be first in the NFL. 51 receptions combined, that'd be first uh, tied for first with Austin Eckler. So, like, if you combine those two, if you're telling Phillip me they like the out, running back, yeah, that's an RB one for sure. Yep. So I I am 100 with you on this Royce uh, situation, and I love Philip Lindsay, but also here's the other thing I'll tell you: Philip Lindsay also felt the need to side with Joe Flacco in the media blow up that happened last Sunday and uh not real smart neck injury. Not smart, Phil. Not smart. Not smart, my man. Was Should, he actually uh, injured or is it another uh fake injury? Oh no, I think he's legitimately probably it's it's legitimate. They're they're so devoid of talent that I don't think they would <laughs> bench Philip Lindsay for that type of thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. but my point is they we'll see how this goes. It's been trending to where they're they're getting Royce more and more involved and Lindsay is still having a lot of success, but they're really sharing and Royce Freeman is also the goal line back, which is fascinating. <laughs> he's 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 got a lot of jobs on that team, so I'm hundred percent with you on that. Um if I could acquire Royce Freeman for the playoff run, that is absolutely something I want to do. 
to have an RB2 slash flex for the rest of the year because he's got the bye next week. But after that, um, I'm a fan. And as we've been talking about, it's a Brandon Allen. He's going to need help. Yeah. And he may be one of those things that you're able to buy low on him and be able to sneak him away from somebody without them really knowing. Exactly. So I know we have two more here. So Jack, what did you want to talk about with, uh, with the last two? Uh, so something I would never ever do normally, but between all of the buys that are going on and everything else, Jordan Howard has a revenge game this week. Uh, Miles Sanders is a bit banged up, so it's almost a guy you can trust. And I never trust Jordan Howard, but would you be surprised to see him get 25 carries against uh, bad Bears defense as of late? I'm sorry, did you just call the Bears defense bad as of late? <laughs> They have not been great. Uh, to your first point, not necessarily. I wouldn't be super surprised. Miles My- Sanders is going to play, but he's beat up, so they may limit him a little bit in that exactly. game. And they should be able to run the ball somewhat effectively, I would think. And yeah, Jordan Howard should get should get some amount of run. I like I like them trying to manufacture him getting in. To your point. And so my other running back this week is Melvin Gordon. Uh, Hear me out. I know he's been the biggest headache in the world, but the Packers are playing a man down against the run. They're not loading up in the box at all. They're tricking bad teams into running the ball successfully. And that kind of seems like the trap that the Chargers are going to fall right into. And just Melvin Gordon's going to run the ball well. He's going to finally eclipse four four yards of carry. And it could be some success from uh, Melvin Gordon for the first time this season. Yeah, and on that same note, they got rid of Wizenhunt, and I think that they're going to kind of focus on the run because that's what Anthony Lynn wants to do. So I support both these picks full-heartedly. I like them both a lot. As do I. I think those are solid choices, especially given the buys and other situations. But let's do let's let's look at let's look at busts, and this may be a little bit more controversial. Yeah, and I mean, I've been wanting people to temper their expectations here because it's. David Montgomery, I loved his week last week. He is the lead back in Chicago. The Philadelphia Eagles have an okay run defense. And, man, I just I don't trust Trubisky to move the ball. That is a huge part of it. And while I think Montgomery might be able to come up with a couple good runs, I just I, – Trubisky makes me nervous, um, and I, I'm just worried about it. I'm not in on David Montgomery either this week. The Eagles do have a very talented run defense and a terrible pass defense. They're one of the top two pass funnels in the league. So really the best option for the Bears this week is to just give Allen Robinson 15 targets. But then you're also trusting Mitch Trubisky to have 15 aimed passes. So correct. I, I don't so. know what you do there. It's a tough, tough situation for the Bears, but... Montgomery's going to struggle to find uh, some breakaways today. Or I, I think he'll get some. I think he'll get some carries again. But to your point, the one I really love the Bears this week is Allen Robinson. That's the one that I would want to start and feel good about. So, uh, but yeah, David Montgomery, I could see fading him, and then we'll see in a better matchup, possibly in one week. Mostly because they lost that game last week when they committed to the run. I'd hope. I'm hopeful that they don't overreact. But you could. I'm worried slightly about it. Some sort of reaction. Uh, to where they just don't run the ball at all again. <laughs> they oscillate back and forth. But let's take a look at wide receiver here. So let's let's pivot off that. Uh, wide yeah, receiver. And you already said you liked one of them. So I already feel like I'm a winner here with Deontay Johnson. He So any wide receiver that has gone against the Colt that has six or more targets has had 75 yards or a touchdown in every game. Do I really need to say anything else? No. But he, <laughs> uh, Johnson is getting... Pretty much wide receiver one targets, and I mean, if Connor's out, I, I like Samuels, but Johnson should just be that more, much more effective in my opinion. And then uh, Jamison Crowder. I mean, again, I talked about Donald. This is going to be a great stack in DFS, in my opinion. It's a PPR play. He should. He's the number one receiver, and it's one of the worst defenses. So he should get pepper with targets, and wouldn't be surprised if he was able to score on him. I don't have much more to add there. We already heard my love for Deontay Johnson and his near wide receiver <laughs> one status. And really, there's nothing to add about Jameson Crowder. He's, he's going to get a lot of targets. The Dolphins are bad. Good play. Well, and it's also, I'll just point out, Jameson Crowder makes a certain amount of sense also because of uh, just the Jets have a top three rest of season wide receiver schedule for PPR. They're not going to play any good secondaries the rest of the season, except for when they play the Patriots again. 
after that, it's all it's all positive matchups. It's all plus. It's all green. So somebody is going to emerge. Uh, it's very possible that it's Crowder. Um, but I also think Robbie Anderson is interesting as a uh, as a flex for really kind of rest of season. We'll see if they can get some chemistry going. It's not something I'm necessarily going to try and invest into heavily, but my guess is you could pick that up for very virtually nothing, given how frustrating it's been for the person that's rostering it. But I think better days are ahead for everybody who's a pass catcher on the Jets, because I think they're going to be bad and they're going to have to chuck it and they have a schedule that's conducive to it. Remember that time that Ryan Fitzpatrick and and uh, uh, Eric Decker had like a huge fantasy season down the, down the backstretch? I don't think it's going to be quite that good, but I think it's going to be like. Do you remember that time that uh, Robbie Anderson won uh, people fantasy championships? Oh yeah, that was last year. Yep. Sure was. So that's what I'm saying. They have a very easy schedule. They're going to be chucking it. I like really all three of the jets because they're not going to cost much to acquire. And they are very interesting flexes for the rest of the soft schedule. I mean, so soft it's baby soft. Like it's, they're, they're getting the Patriots beginning of the season. Yeah, they play with the Patriots one more time, and then everybody else has a second. So are you talking? Uh, you mean the Bills, right? No, the Jets are done with the Patriots. Oh, that's my fault. Yeah, sorry, that already happened. Whoops, but never mind. You, you forgot yeah. because it was Luke Falk. I forgot that it was because it was Luke Falk, and it already happened in like week four. Season. So there you go. So basically, there you go. They're not even. They're not even playing anybody good for the rest of the season. That's well, it just it's the Jets. You assume they're playing the Patriots like every other, week, right? Yeah, the, it, it looks like that a lot of the time. Um. So it we talk like about Sam Darnold. It really does. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> that's the, the O line. Uh, I just, uh, as always, I want to live. I'd like to live. Sam Darnold. Put it on a T-shirt. Uh, so we talked about who we like and who we might want to acquire. I think. Who? Wh- where are you trying to fade people? Yeah, and I mean, I love the talent of this guy, and he could easily break it away. But I'm not ready to trust Odell Beckham this week. I mean. More than likely, he's getting the Harris shadow. He's been effective all year. Harris has been against all the wide receiver ones that he's gone against. It's been pretty impressive. And if even with the backup QB, I'm sure that they will try and control the clock, golly, with Chubb and he and Landry. Like Landry's going to be open. He'll have that short area target. And I just I'm really worried that OBJ won't be able to get open and have a big game. I'm not big on OBJ this week either. He really hasn't shown the ability to get on the same page as Baker Mayfield. Uh, so, and especially when he has this kind of matchup with Chris Harris this week, it's not something that you can really get behind with confidence. The other uh, wide receiver bust we have this week is Terry McLaurin. He's played, not only is Dwayne Haskins starting this week, so it, you get a little bit of a boost because they did play together in college, but you also get the massive downgrade because it is Dwayne Haskins starting and it's against the bills. So Terry McLaurin's going to be seeing Tredavious white all game. Not someone you can rely on this week. I like that call for sure. Yeah. I, I have very low expectations for anyone playing for the Washington franchise this week with Haskins and also just a really staunch defense. And I agree with you on Odell Beckham, both of you. It's just not something I want to trust this week at all. It's been way too wonky and up and down. And Chris Harris, there's a reason why all week we were hearing about out here, the Chris Harris, will he get traded uh, talk? Because he's really, really good. <laughs> so that's the thing. Uh, the rest of the Broncos secondary not nearly has not been playing as well. So I think Jarvis Landry and some of the other secondary cast may have a, uh, a big day. And also, big day from Chubb. Huge Chubb day coming here. But that's right. Just leave that there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's I tried it. not to. I couldn't help. Yeah. I was hoping we could get the non sequitur in without the laugh. But that's all right. For tight end, let's just get through it. We just got to hold our nose and go through tight end trust or bust. Because tight end trust at this point is an oxymoron. Whatever, man. Darren Fells has been proven to get enough targets to be completely effective. He has a good average points per game. I this is the guy who was telling you about Aikens two weeks ago. Hey, hey, hey. I can't oh, wait for Jordan in the red zone, it worked out well. Oh, week. I see. Yeah, he, he almost had a touchdown, and he uh, saved my week. Almost had a touchdown. Yeah, almost had a touchdown is, does not count. Ifs and butts were candies and nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's not horseshoes and hand grenades. But Darren Fells, we, we, not to just like railroad, we did talk about this at the top of the show. He has played himself, we all agreed, to 
tight end starter consideration. So I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on it. And frankly, the other one that was already on here, we already spent a huge amount of time on. Yep. With it's Noah, Noah Fant. Fant. It's the other one. Shocker. Yeah. Too much shocking. time on Noah Fant. Safety blanket, Noah Fant. Actual safety blanket. And Darren Fells. So there you go. And then tight end bust is always the hardest thing to do every week because, again, there's such a small field. So where, who, who should we be benching this week at tight I know it's going to be silly, but I looked at ESPN, and he's way too started, and it's Greg Olson. Like, why? He hasn't looked good. His target share isn't there. And the offense is running through Christian McCaffrey. Why would you? Why? I, I, I just don't understand why people are starting him. So please, please don't start him this week. It doesn't seem like Kyle Allen likes Greg Olson very much, and neither do I in fantasy at the very least. Great guy, but not a guy I'm interested in fantasy anymore. I kind of think he needs to be moving to the ESPN booth. You can't mention ESPN. <laughs> and Ian Thomas needs to take over because he is much more athletic and much more talented. Much younger as well. <laughs> um, Isn't everyone? Just about. Just about. So finally, to wrap it up, defenses i cannot believe what i am reading take it away man i told you earlier i think it's going to be a real ugly game it's going chub running away with it so i picked the cleveland browns against brandon allen backup qb they should be able to put some pressure on him wouldn't be surprised if he turns over the ball because he's making a poor decision this is his first real start and Man, I just, I really don't see anybody getting over 17 points. Thing is, if only you could get uh, points for the amount of flags that uh, Miles Garrett draws on Garrett Bulls this week, then you'd be set up for success. <laughs> <laughs> over under on five Garrett Bulls holding calls. What do you think? You want. You want- uh- See, I'll I'll go over over uh, I'll go over five combined sacks and holds allowed. <laughs> I'm not taking the other side of that. Yes. that How little I think of Garrett Bowles. Oh, that is brutal. That uh, is a former first round pick, Garrett Bowles, against all odd, against all, all logic and science. But yeah, the Browns. That you know, anybody, any defense usually going against anybody's first ever career NFL start, you know, does make sense. And then finally, the Buccaneers against Daniel Jones, <laughs> except for that, except for that. Um, I meant on paper, we could all go back and share. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Jacksonville, not for you this week. No, oh, man, going across the way against Houston. It's a division game. I'm just, I just no, <laughs> I can't trust it. They've been iffy with since Jalen Ramsey joined the Rams, and man, Watson just is a beast. He's throwing the ball so much because they can't run it really. I mean, they have Hyde there, you know. So it's just one of those things that he he's going to be throwing it, and I'm sure that he'll find the end zone somehow. Deshaun Watson literally just proved to us that you can remove his eye mid play, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yep, it does not matter. It, it doesn't matter at all. Not relevant. Yep. Not so, relevant yeah. to what's going on. In the Never yep. start the defense playing against Deshaun Watson. Pretty much. I'd say that's pretty much right. You could just write that down for the future. Yeah. But, but people are. Well, so people just are. Just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, people do a lot of things they should. People do a lot of things. But I agree with Jacksonville, and I feel like I'm inclined to agree. Just because of the, the aforementioned Brandon Allen. Two interceptions at least, I would think, in that game. So... So that really kind of makes sense. Any any parting thoughts, parting words, things you want people to keep in mind as we kind of wind down here? I think we've done a nice job getting people prepped for week nine. Yeah, make sure you set your lineup for the early game. Make sure your Texans are in and you check the report for any Jaguars to see if DD or whether you're deciding to play him the night before or whatever. That's, that's my big thing. Don't want to have to answer your question on it in the morning. <laughs> This is just a really weird week. Uh, we've Selfish got a lot, plug, as always. We've got a lot of people <laughs> off the uh, schedule this week, so it's going to be a weird one. So just try to find find the small victories, find the good performances you can, and enjoy those, because this is a weird week. There's going to be a lot of wonkiness up yeah. and down. So, no, I think that's it. So, as always, uh, we can all be reached on the Fantasy Life app. and uh, Best app ever. First for alerts. <laughs> That is the first for alerts. No kidding. Faster Let's than go. ESPN, faster than really anybody I've ever seen. 
It's unbelievable. Well, I see things happen in the game, and then it's like five, three, like wow, they nailed that. He's still being carted off. <laughs> so yeah, but you can find all of us. It's uh, at uh, that f. It's at ff nerd on just about every social media platform that you can think of. He will be answering your start sit questions as always all weekend. And uh, don't ask him about the early morning London games. Be there. <laughs> He's nope. pointed out to you. He won't be I there. He won't be up at 8 a.m. Central to answer those questions. So still check the, check the internet, but we, I think we've already talked about it. I mean, if they're, if some of them are playing, they're playing for you. It's the Texan secondary. I mean, my God, it doesn't really get much easier than that. And uh, Jack, I do this every week, but it's uh, Javanaugh. Yeah, at Javanaugh87 on, not on Facebook, but you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, the FF Life at, at Javanaugh87. And you can find me, as always, at Nonsense underscore Neil, and our co-host, who is uh, MIA this week, at Nonsense underscore Steve. We're always there to take your questions and help you as, uh, as much as we humanly can. But other than that, good luck, everybody, with this, and we will catch you next week for the start of by Apocalypse 2019. Music for the Important Nonsense Podcast is provided by Benjamin Banger, Tritachion, and Admiral Bob. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with all the latest content on importantnonsense.com.